0: 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Told you all last week, I had originally started out and said we were going to do a series on separation, but as we studied separation, found out separation was a bad word to use. It didn't really apply. If you are saved, God has separated you, okay? When we, uh, and we, uh, we saw that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 18, it says, "...He will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters." And that happens when we get saved. So you get separated when you get saved, but yet, a lot of times, the term separation is used to talk about acting like a Christian, looking like a Christian, and I've been trying to think of a better term for it. You know, I think I've figured out why they picked the word separation. and I think it's because it starts with an S. Because like some of the big themes, especially like camp meeting preaching and stuff, it's all about soul winning, service, the scripture, uh, you know, salvation, uh, standards, separation. You know, everything's got to start with an "s," and so they went with that word. However, uh, if you're saved today, I don't want to preach last week's message. Uh, you are separated. However, there's a lot of people that are separated, but they don't act like it, and they don't look like it, and we ought to do those things and uh i guess a more biblical term even though it might not sound as good is i'm going to i'm going to use the term ambassadorship and being an ambassador because that's the word that the bible uses and we're going to see that here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 we'll start reading we're going to read into chapter 6 and it says now then we are ambassadors for christ "...as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him." Boy, I don't think we can even comprehend what all took place when He who knew no sin became sin for us. And He did it so the righteousness of God could be in us, so we could be like Him Now, boy, we ought to act like him. Boy, we ought to—I mean, we ought to be like him. We should not take sin lightly. We ought to take it serious. This is so important. And then in verse one of chapter six says, "We then, as workers together with him, right, we're working with Christ. Okay, that's why we're not going to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We're not working with the unbelievers. We're working with Christ as workers together with him. Beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain." For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything. That the ministry be not blamed. Guess who everybody's going to look at and point the finger at if you as a Christian get out of line? Oh, if you're a Christian, oh, well, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want anything to do with it. You know what that means? If somebody says that about you, it means you're a poor ambassador you're making Christ look bad. All right? And Christ, He has no sin. There's nothing bad about Him. There's nothing wrong with Him. But us as ambassadors, sometimes, we make him look bad. And we don't want the ministry being blamed for anything. You, you, you all today, you're ambassadors also of Liberty Baptist Church. Since you go to church here. And what people think about Liberty Baptist Church is going to reflect greatly on what they think about you. And it's something you ought to take serious. And then verse 4, "...but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses and strikes and imprisonments in tumults and labors and watchings and fastings by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the Word of Truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true." as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always, re- always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. I want you to kind of notice something here in this passage, and we're going to see this in a lot of other passages, that when the Bible talks about being an ambassador, okay? or what many would call separation, Okay, It's all about, or it's mostly about, our behavior and how we act. And I want to talk to you this morning about acting as ambassadors. Okay, If you're saved today, you're separated. If you're saved today, you are an ambassador, and there's certain actions that God expects from an ambassador. There's certain things that He expects. And well, I think we all know what an ambassador is. It's a, it's a minister of the highest rank employed by one prince or state at the court of another to manage the public concerns of his own prince or state and representing the power and dignity of his sovereign. So we've we've got ambassadors in our country that they go or they're ambassadors to other countries. And they are supposed to represent our country in a good way. If I was appointed by the president to be an ambassador to another country, I'm supposed to go over there and I'm not supposed to tell them what I think or what I like or what I want, I'm supposed to tell them what he would want me to tell them. Even if I don't like the president, even if I don't like what he stands for, if he appoints me as an ambassador, I'm supposed to go over there, and I'm supposed to represent him, aren't I? And it's not about Tommy McMurtry when I'm over there. I am an ambassador. I represent you know the United States of America or I represent a president. And if I go over there as an ambassador, and let's say I'm speaking to one of their kings or one of their leaders, and I go and I slap them in the face. Oh, I mean, we're going to, that's going to cause a lot of problems, isn't it, for our country if I did something like that. If I was to go over there and assassinate one of their leaders, I mean, there, there's an act of war going on there because I represent the United States. And as Christians, we represent God. We represent Him. And there are some things that He expects from us. And we're going to look at some of these things. And in fact, most of what when people speak on this subject, most of what people want to talk about, uh, what, you know, whether they call it separation or being ambassadors, you know, we like to talk about you know the outward and the things that we put on and the things we wear. And you know what? I'm just going to warn everybody. We're going to look at that next week. We're going to look at what the Bible says about clothing and about nakedness and men dressing like men and so on. And I know that's not a popular subject, but it's in the Bible, and we'll go into that next week. But so much more important than that is our behavior and how we act. And we're going to see many places, there's many places in the Bible where we're told to put on something. That God tells us to put on something, and we're going to see that it all has to do with behavior. Because here's the thing, you know, and, and behavior is so much more important than what you wear outwardly. Why? Well, we're going to cover that. Well, we're going to talk about that because we talk about everything here. We don't shy away from any subject. You know, anybody can wear decent clothes. Okay? Anybody can put on a certain outfit. Okay? Anybody can do that. I, if I wanted to, I could go out and buy a costume and I could dress up like a policeman. But does that make me a policeman? Absolutely not. In fact, if I was to go and dress up like a policeman when I'm not a policeman, it kind of makes me dangerous, doesn't it? And it's against the law. Because I could go out and I could maybe take advantage of people because I look like something that I'm not. I look like I'm somebody that you can trust, but I'm not. And you know what? I think it's absolutely dangerous for people who aren't saved to be looking like they are saved because they are the, I believe they're the wolves in sheep's clothing that the Bible talk about. And I believe sheep should wear sheep's clothing, but boy, I'm worried about these wolves in sheep's clothing that are out there. And I've seen people in church, I've seen ladies that, I mean, they're dressed up as modest as anybody, but they're meaner than a snake. I mean, meaner than a junkyard dog. Boy, you know, Brother Lonnie was with me that time on Thanksgiving last year when we were at McDonald's, and there was one of them hardcore Pentecostal ladies in there. And she's on the phone, I mean, just gossiping about people in her church. I mean just mean with the things that she was saying. And she was I mean she was putting down somebody singing and talking about how she hates when this lady sings cuz her singing is never was it inspired? Was that the word she used? I think she used inspired. Yeah. Her singing's not inspired. But tonight so and so is going to sing and her singing's inspired. And I thought, "Man, you are mean." <laughs> but you know what? She didn't look mean. I mean, she looked just as godly as anybody. But I'm telling you right now, I believe a very poor ambassador. Because behavior is much more important. And the Bible talks a lot about that. And we're going to look at one of the things that the Bible says. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we see that we're called to be ambassadors. We see the term ministers of Christ used. And in 2 Corinthians 6, we see that we're not supposed to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We saw in chapter 6 that if we're saved, that we are the tabernacle of God, so we're already separate. And so since we've been separated to God for His purpose, we've got to make sure we're not going to do anything that will hinder us from being good ambassadors of Christ. We've got a very specific job. And you know, we've got enough working against us right now that the last thing we need to do is yoke ourselves with unbelievers. And in other words, doing the things that unbelievers do. And just quickly though, before we get into some of these things that the Bible tells us to put on, you know, how do we become unequally yoked? Okay, how can we yoke ourselves with unbelievers in an unequal way? Because the truth is, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked, but at the same time, that doesn't mean, you know, we're still supposed to live among the world, aren't we? We're supposed to work among the world, because otherwise, how are we going to witness to them? If we all just get saved and then we all move out west somewhere and we make our own compound somewhere where we all live and dress like we're from the 1800s and things, I mean, how in the world are we going to be a witness in that case? How are we going to see anybody get saved if we're doing that type of thing? But at the same time, we're supposed to be here when we got saved. God didn't call us to move out of Rock Falls and somewhere out west somewhere. He told us to stay here. Uh, We need we need to be a witness and an example. So how do we do that? Well. First, we need to make sure we take our position seriously. Second Corinthians 6 1 and 2, we then as workers together with him were working with Christ. To beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. If you are saved today, if Jesus Christ dwells in your heart, You need to take that serious. I mean, that ought to be something. That ought to be a sobering thing. You shouldn't take it lightly. I believe when we take it lightly, I believe we're breaking that uh, that commandment of taking God's name in vain. I don't think we we don't want to do that. You don't need to turn there, but Isaiah forty nine verse one says, "Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people, from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb; from the bowels of my mother hath He made mention of my name." And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft, and his quiver hath he hid me, and said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain, I have spent my strength for naught, and in vain yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. And now saith the Lord, that form me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and His Holy One to him, whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhoreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. Princes also shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and He shall choose thee. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. I read that passage because you'll notice there in verse 8, in the acceptable time. That was what Paul was talking about in chapter 6, verse 2 when he said now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He's talking to Isaiah about being a servant. And it's not a light thing. It's not a small thing. It's a great thing. It is a privilege to be a servant of God. It's a privilege to be a child of God, an ambassador of Christ. And we ought to take it serious. And when we take it lightly, ah, it's no big deal. Okay, so I act like the rest of the world. You know, I don't need to be that strict. You know, as long as I'm a little better than the world, and not quite as good as the pastor. You know, I just got to be somewhere in between, right? Right? Yeah, that's what most people shoot for. As long as I'm not the worst one in the church, that way the pastor, you know, isn't preaching at me all the time. As long as I'm better than the majority, right? Now, that's not the way we look at these things. Hey, we represent Christ today. You all here, you don't, you don't represent me. Okay? You represent Christ. He's the one, I mean, you are his ambassador, not my ambassador, and he's the one that we ought to be trying to be like. I mean, we ought to want to be like him. We ought, we want to talk like him. We want to think the way he thinks. What people think about God depends so much on what we do. We've got to make sure our actions are above reproach. And when it comes to being an ambassador, the Bible has much to say about our action, and there is a way that the world acts, and there's a way uh, there's a behaviour of a Christian. And while most preaching on this subject has to do with the outward appearance, the Bible has a lot more to say about our actions and the things that we do. And it talks about some things, just like items of clothing, that spiritually the Bible says to put on. Alright, so if you're a Christian today, if you're an ambassador, God wants you to put some things on. Just like if I was an ambassador to another country, the president wouldn't expect me to show up at one of those big meetings or something, represent our country, wearing my pajamas. Okay, you think if I did that, I would get fired if I showed up in my pajamas. Okay? And I'm just representing America. I mean, that's a lot of America today. We wear pajamas out in public, right? But hey, as an ambassador, I need to be above that, okay? This is serious what's going on. They want, they want me to take it serious. So I'm not going to show up in my pajamas. I'm going I'm to dress up nice. I'm going to wear i 'm going to wear a suit or something, and i'd probably go, they would probably tell me to get a nice one and you know with the government they probably give these guys big clothing allowances i 'd probably buy me a two thousand dollar suit you know if I, if I was that but uh, you know uh, they expect something to, to us to put something on you know the politicians they always wear their stupid you know lapel pins representing different causes and things just you know what it 's usually some kind of feel good thing they might expect me to do something like that, and with Christ he has told us. To put some things on, and you need to put them on. And first off, go to Romans chapter thirteen and verse twelve. Romans chapter thirteen and verse twelve. Bible says, "The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Take those things off, and put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, as in the day." Okay. There's one way you got to walk in the daytime because you know everybody can see you. Okay, walk in it as honestly in the day, not rioting in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So right there we see the word to put on the armor of light or the Lord Jesus Christ. This says to do. So how do how do we put on Jesus Christ? Okay, when I got this morning, I put on I put some clothes on. I put one pair of pants on this morning, and I discovered that the zipper doesn't work in those pants. And uh, you know, and I got rid of those, and I I got I got some that work good, but I I put them on. Okay, and we all know how that we all know how that works. But how do we put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Okay. We need, you, ought to, you ought to have him ready. You ought to be in your spiritual clothes closet, I guess you could say. And the way you put him on is simply by doing good instead of evil to others. We put on Jesus Christ by doing good, by doing the things that he does. That is, so, Jesus Christ or the armor of light. Go to John chapter 1 and look at a few verses there. John chapter 1. It says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then if you go on and you read later that chapter, it said men love darkness. Or in John chapter three says this is the kind of nation that light has come into the world, talking about Jesus Christ, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be doing the work of light. We're going to be doing good works. And Jesus Christ, He shines a light on the evil. And when we do right, we shine a light on evil and the world doesn't like it. The world doesn't like when their sin gets exposed and you know we can shine a light on the world's sin without even opening our mouth just by doing right just by you know being honest just by setting the example of things I mean you know just by being good Christian people just by following the words of God following the commandments of God that shines a light on the rest of the world and you know there's things that is going on in the world today that that are being, you know, like our family, you know, there's there's people out there that, you know, they look at our family weird sometimes, and you know, the truth, I think, I think we have the kind of family we ought to have. You know, we've got a lot of kids. You know, Christians these days don't want to have any kids. Okay, and we wonder why, you know, our religion is shrinking. We wonder why Islam is growing. Well, they have a lot of kids. Christians don't. And why don't we have kids? Well, you know, we got too many things we want to buy, for one. And another reason, too, is because it's, kids are hard. Especially when you don't use biblical discipline. Okay? And you see these kids, they got two little animals that are climbing the ceilings in the stores and knocking things down and, and going crazy. And they look and they see six kids and they think, no way, there's no way I'm going to do that. But listen, it didn't just happen. Okay? And they can tell we haven't drugged them off like they do with a lot of kids because they're not walking around like zombies. Okay? And so I mean it, it kind of shines a light on things. And we need people setting the example. We need people showing what's right and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, by you being honest, you know, your job. By you not not just doing right, but not doing the works of evil. Like the Bible says to cast off the works of darkness. So you might need to cast off. You know, that language. You might need to cast off that music that the rest of the world listens to and that bad behavior, the dishonesty, you know, the backbiting and gossiping that goes on in the workplace sometimes. You've got to cast that off. You can't have anything to do with that because you represent Jesus Christ and He expects you to put on some things and He expects you to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And can you picture Jesus Christ hanging out at the water cooler, you know, gossiping about everybody else in the place? He wouldn't do that, would he? And if you since you represent him, you can't do it either. And we put on Jesus Christ. We put on the armor of light by doing good and not doing the evil. We can't. You can't. Oh, I'll, just, I'll do some more good to make up the evil. You know, make up for the evil. No, you got You got to cast that off, and you got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So, and it's it's not always easy in this world. It's hard sometimes to do the right thing. But we've got to do it. We've got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We represent him. I can't imagine being an ambassador to some of these other countries and having to go and maybe go before just people that are flat out evil. You know, it'd be hard for me to go and be respectful to Vladimir Putin or somebody like that and have to, you know, go and be all nice to him and try to make him like our country. And I'd rather tell the guy off. But not in Russia though, because man, he'd have me killed so fast. <laughs> and, you know, if I was over in America, if I was in America where I was protected. But I'm telling you, we've got we've got to do. We've got to cast off those works of darkness. And you are required as a Christian. God expects that from you. You're you're an ambassador. You need to act like it. So put on the armor of light. Put on. Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, since we're children of God by faith in Jesus Christ, and since we've put on Christ, as it says there, the as you've been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. It says as a result of that, there's, there's no Jew, there's no Greek, and basically the way we put on Christ in this context is by making Him number one with who we associate ourselves with. Jesus Christ is who we associate ourselves with. Okay, for example, you know, there's nothing wrong with me associating myself with Americans as long as being American doesn't cause me to disobey God. Okay? I, I mean, I'm, I'm proud you. I'm glad I'm an American. I'd rather live in this country than any other country that I know of out there. But yet at the same time, more importantly, you know, I'm a citizen of America, but even better, I'm a citizen of Israel. Where do you get that from? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Go turn over there. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. I read this verse and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go get in on that battle over there in the Middle East with the, with the Jews and the Palestinians and I'm going to, I'm going to fight for my territory. <laughs> Look what this says. It says, For by grace are you say through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created into Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. At one time, we were aliens of that. Like illegal aliens, the term we use now and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So we say that we once were we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, but now since we've put on Christ, we are citizens of Israel. And you know what? That's number one for me. Okay? That I associate myself with Christ. I, associate, I guess There's a lot of things I associate myself with. And it's fine as long as it doesn't trump Jesus Christ. I associate myself with Baptists. As long as Baptists don't get out of line and get away from the Bible. I've even associated myself before with Cub fans. Okay, and as long as that doesn't, you know, I guess cross any lines and cause us to disobey Christ, that's fine. To okay, and do that. I'm a Walmart associate. Uh, you know, I'm all kinds of things. I'm a citizen of Sterling, and I've got all these things, and that's fine. But number one, who I associate myself with is Jesus Christ. And if they make a law in America saying you can't be a Christian, well, then I'm going to try to figure out how to not be an American. I'm going to try to. I'm going to be trying to escape. This and I'm going to go somewhere where I can be a Christian or I'll just go into hiding and do it here anyway and I'll let them do whatever they, you know, Those have to deal with it or throw me in prison. But you know, there's nothing wrong with me associating as long as I don't disobey, as long as I don't disobey Christ. And that's number one. So we put on we put on Christ by He's number one that we associate ourselves with. If I have to come here and say, listen folks, I'm sorry, but... um. I belong to the Masonic Lodge, and when I went and I did my secret, uh, you know, blindfolded orientation thing, you know, I swore some oaths and allegiances to, uh, you know, uh, to different things, and therefore there's going to be certain things I can't preach on. But I still want to be your pastor. I can't do that. I can't associate myself with anything and let anything else trump what I'm taught here. And I especially can't. Try, you know, associate myself with something that the Bible says I'm supposed to stay away from. I'm supposed to be against. But yet, uh, you know, unfortunately, people a lot of times being a Christian, it's kind of like a side thing for them. It's like a hobby for them, and it should be the number one thing in our life it, as a Christian. I mean, that it, we ought to be putting Christ first. And everything and all things he should have the preeminence and you know what if you want you know after that you can call yourself an American after that you can call yourself a citizen or whatever but you know what I'm a citizen of the Commonwealth of Israel and when I go to the you know DMV or whatever I'm not going to put I'm a citizen of Israel on my things there it'll, get, it'll cause me a lot of trouble uh, here in America you know I'll, I'll go along with their little things but spiritually I am. And that, and that, and even if you've never been there before, you are, if you're saved. And we ought to thank God for that. We just need to make sure He's number one in who we associate ourselves with. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But then also, go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. So we need to put on the armor of light. We need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And also we need to put on the new man. Ephesians 4 24 says, and that ye put on the new man. Which, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, something else we got to take. You know, you got to take off one outfit to put on another outfit, right? And we got to, some things we got to put off. And putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole, okay, which if you used to steal. Steal no more. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Notice, we're not getting rid of the Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. Okay, There's just, like, just because... You can't sin your way out of salvation if you're saved today, and you can't sin your way into into hell if you've been saved. You can grieve the Holy Spirit of God that has sealed you, and we shouldn't do that. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. People are going to mess up sometimes. They're going to slip up, they're going to make mistakes, and so we got to be forgiving even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So you've got to put on the new man. So how do we put on the new man? Well, you put the new man on by getting victory over the sins of the past. Now, every one of you in here today, you could probably tell some stories about your past before you got saved. Maybe some areas that you really struggled with. Maybe you struggled with alcohol. Or maybe somebody in here, you struggled with drugs. Or maybe you used to have a really bad temper and just be a really mean person. And you know you got when when you got saved, the Lord didn't just come into your heart and make it where now you never get angry anymore. Now you just walk around floating on a cloud, strumming a harp. That's not the way it works. You know when you got when you get saved, you're still gonna have that temper, aren't you? But you're gonna have to put it off, right? You're gonna have you're gonna still have to overcome those things and the lord will help you get you know he'll help you get victory over that but you're going to have to make some effort yourself and you're going to have to get victory over those things just because you got saved doesn't mean you're not going to want to sin anymore you're still going to want to sin sometimes but and if you will take it serious that you're an ambassador of Christ Okay, just like if I'm an ambassador to another country, and that leader of that other country, he gets up there and he says something that I don't like, I can't haul off and hit him. My, the the ones that I represent would not want me doing that. And I'm not there on my own accord or by any, I'm there because they appointed me to that. And Jesus Christ, He saved us, He's called us to be ambassadors, and there's going to be plenty of times that you're going to want to punch out your neighbor. There's going to be plenty of times that you're going to be tempted maybe to steal instead of doing things the honest way. And maybe you used to do those things. Maybe you're good at it. Maybe maybe you're a skilled pickpocket. And you can make money a lot faster that way. And maybe that's what you used to do to make a living before you got saved. But you know what the Bible says? Let him who stole steal no more. Put on the new man. Cast off the old man. You're going to have to get victory over those things. You're, I've seen people before, I've seen people drop money before and I had it pick it up and go tell them And you know, thankfully people have done that to me before. You know we, we, I could still steal even though I'm a Christian, but I've been commanded to cast that off and to put on something else. And I claim to be a Christian today I claim to be saved, I claim to have the new man and so I've got to put that on and when that happens, I don't get to steal. I don't get to punch my neighbor in the nose, even if he deserves it, and even if he's asking for it. I need to put on that new man. And maybe you used to do those things. Well, you don't understand. I can't help it. I No, you've got to help it. I know it's. I know it's hard, but the Bible's told us we need to get. So we we put on the new man by getting victory over the sins of the past. But then we also put on the new man by getting. Uh, or we we do this by getting past the sins of our culture go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9 now a few weeks back I preached a message talking about how basically in Christ there is no difference between Jew and Greek you know that this all this racial stuff that's going on today is absolutely stupid and as in Christ skin color I mean it makes no difference where you were born, Makes no difference. But at the same time, we do have cultural differences sometimes. Okay? And there are some cultures that are bad. And there are bad practices that go on in those cultures. And sometimes we've got to get past some of these things. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him. That created him, and then it goes on, and I, I challenge you to read uh, the rest of that chapter. And it talks about you know there's no difference between Jew and Greek. But here's the thing: there are some things that are kind of a part of our culture. For example, if you are just average Joe from the Sterling Rock Falls area, and well, if it's Fourth of July, you're supposed to get drunk. Okay, you're supposed to, you're supposed to have a party, and you're supposed to you know drink beer. Okay, that that's what we do. If you're average Joe here in America and you're having a wedding, well, after that wedding's done, people are supposed to get, get drunk and start dancing and falling down and stuff. Okay, I mean, that's very common. You know, New Year's Eve, we're supposed to get drunk. Very common in our culture. If you're watching a ball game, you're supposed to get mad when your team does bad and you're supposed to cuss, especially if you're a Cub fan. You're supposed to go in the stands and you're supposed to chant obscenities. That's what they did the last time I was at a Cub game. It was absolutely ridiculous. That is our culture, folks. Our culture stinks. It really does. In this area, our culture stinks. It's bad. I mean, we've got a lot of issues and you know what? We've got to get past that. We've got to put on the new man. Yes, this is accepted in our area, but we're putting on the new man. We represent Jesus Christ. Yeah, everybody does that, but not us. Not us. That's not what we do, and we've got to learn to get past these things. And we've just we've got to recognize, you know, our culture has got some issues. I mean, it is. It's sad when you look at uh, what's going on in this country and, and the direction that we're heading. And God has told us to put on the new man. And I know, I know that you can do some pretty bizarre stuff, and nobody will even give you a second look here in this area. But we've been told to put on Christ. We've been told to put on the armor of light. We've been told to put on the new man. And we're going to, we're going to get rid of those things. And you know, many people when they get saved, it's like they try to bring parts of their old culture over, you know, into that religion. And that that happens all the time, and we can't do that. We've also we've got to put on the whole armor of God. I'm not going to take time to read, but Ephesians chapter six, verse ten: Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it goes on, talks about the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit, and the breastplate of righteousness, and loins girded about with truth, and every one of those things. It all has to do with behavior, and we and we put on the armor of God simply by putting our faith and trust in His Word and being obedient to it. You know how we use the sword of the Spirit. Okay, you can go out there and you can try to fight somebody and try hitting them with this Bible, and you're not going to accomplish a whole lot. I'm always bringing this up in my family. It's like, you know, what would it be like to get beat to death with? You know, we had this foam Nerf thing. It's like, I wonder how, how bad it would be to get beat to death with this thing because it would take forever. You know, and you know, you try to beat somebody to death with the Bible. Uh, the Bible is probably going to be in pieces before you're done. You're not going to accomplish anything. How do we put it to use? How do we use it? By being obedient to what it says. Is it by yelling it in their face? Uh, that's not going to work. I mean, You can quote Scripture to people and stuff, but really by being obedient and doing what it says to do, that's how we put on the whole armor of God. By putting on that breastplate of righteousness. You're going to have to do righteous things. You're, going to have, you're not going to be able to do unrighteous things. That will be taking off the breastplate of righteousness. We've got, and we've got to put these things on. We've got to be obedient to it. And we've got to understand that both Christ and the devil, they both have an agenda. They have something that they want. Christ's agenda is accomplished when we do righteousness. The devil's his agenda is accomplished when we sin. And because we are still sinners in the flesh... We have to be very careful what we allow into our lives. Very careful. The things of this world are always going to pull us away from the things of God, and if we're good ambassadors, we're not going to get ourselves unequally yoked. That we are working for something specific. We're working to glorify God, we're working to win souls to Christ, we're working to, you know, to fulfill the righteousness to do the good works that we were saved not by but saved unto and if we get involved in the sins of the world we get caught up in the things of the world we get ourselves unequally yoked we're going to have a hard time doing that i know on sundays i know it's winter right now but you know on sundays it's pretty, it's getting pretty common for sports and things to be going on on sunday mornings i mean sunday mornings sometimes well, there'll be ball games going on all in these parks around here on sunday morning that's it. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing ball, but you know what? As a Christian, you ought to be in the house of God on Sunday. And if you get involved in that, I'm afraid you're unequally yoked. If it's pulling you out of the house of God, if it's pulling you out of church. And there's we we cannot allow those things. We can't allow things like that to pull us. From what God has commanded us to do, He's given us specific things, and He expects us to do it. He expects us to be obedient. There's places in this world that I would love to go, places I would love to visit, and you know, there's countries that I'd like to see. And you know, if, a, if a, the president may be the ambassador to be, uh, he said, "You know what? I'm appointing you to be ambassador to. I don't know, where's someplace cool I want to go? I mean." I'd like to go just about anywhere. But ladies, you know, uh, where's Stonehenge at? I've always wanted to see Stonehenge. Is that in Scotland or Ireland? All right, we'll say Scotland. You'll say, I'm, I'm ambassador to Scotland. And I go over there. and I'm supposed to go over there. I'm supposed to be at the meeting, meet with the leaders over there. And I'm supposed to talk with them. And then I don't go there. I decide I want to go see Stonehenge. I'm over here. I'm this close to it. I think he'll understand if I take a little break from the meeting that I was sent to do and I go to Stonehenge and I go back, hey, how'd that meeting go? Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. Why not? Took a little vacation. I felt I deserved it. They didn't listen to anything I said in the last meeting that I went to and the country didn't do what you expect them to do. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go get to see Stonehenge. I'm going to get fired real fast, aren't I? And you know what? We do that all the time as Christians. God says, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to go there. Well, you know, Lord, uh, that's my uh, that's my day off. I'd rather go have some fun. Now, we've got a job to do and we need to take it serious. We are ambassadors for Christ. And so with that, let's all stand together.